Hi, everybody. Good morning. It's Tuesday, and we're learning more about what may have motivated that brutal attack on Speaker Pelosi's husband. And officials are knocking down conspiracy theories about the attack itself being pushed online. It's November 1st. This is today. New twist, the suspect in that vicious attack on Paul Pelosi, telling police he wanted to take the House Speaker hostage. This as he gets set to appear in court today, facing a slew of charges, including attempted murder. What I do know, him being at that house was intentional, deliberate, not random at all. We are live with the very latest on that investigation. Breaking overnight Halloween violence, more than a dozen people, including several children, wounded during a mass shooting in Chicago inside the push to find the gunman. Neck and neck with one week to go, new polls showing some of the nation's closest races getting even tighter. Candidates now beginning to make the final pitch to voters, where everything stands this morning. Opening up, Tom Brady breaks his silence with his most candid comments yet on his divorce. I'm really focused on two things and taking care of my family and certainly my children and secondly, doing the best job I can to win football games. How the NFL star says he is adjusting to his new life on and off the field. All that plus surprise, a diver getting in the water finds herself face to face with a massive shark. I rushed in the water too fast, and she totally, she reacted to that. What she's saying to us about that very close encounter. And lottery fever rising. No Powerball winner overnight, sending the jackpot even higher. $1.2 billion now up for grabs with a new race to buy tickets underway. Today, Tuesday, November 1st, 2022. From NBC News. This is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Well, good morning. Welcome to Today. It's a Tuesday morning. So happy you're with us. I didn't think it could get bigger than a billion dollars. I know. Right? It's getting, I know. How many zeros is that? Yeah. Powerball is soaring. Yeah. A lot of money on the minds yeah. of people dreaming big. Yeah. By the way, kind of a good segue. Yeah. Here's an awkward question. Mm. Do you know how much your coworkers make? Mm. Should you? Tom Costello is going to join us with a closer look at a growing push for pay transparency in the office. Going to get a lot of conversations yeah, started. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Or ended well. real quick. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but we are going to start, though, with the chilling evidence now emerging in that brutal attack on the husband of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, the suspect is set to appear in court today. He is facing a slew of charges. And new details are coming to light this morning on his social media posts focused on far-right extremism, leading to a string of new online conspiracy theories about the attack itself. NBC national correspondent Miguel Almaguer is in San Francisco with all the latest developing details. Hey, Miguel, good morning. Hi, guys. Good morning. For the very first time in just a few hours, the suspect will be in court where he faces a judge. He's charged with several felonies, including attempted murder. The DA will ask that he be held without bail. It comes as we learn new information about the, the attack and what else was planned. According to a new federal complaint, the man accused of attacking Paul Pelosi with a hammer told police he wanted to hold House Speaker Nancy Pelosi hostage and break her kneecaps if she didn't tell the truth. His alleged intent to have Nancy Pelosi wheeled into Congress to show other members of Congress there were consequences to actions. This was politically motivated. 
According to the federal complaint, officers found white rope, a roll of tape, another hammer, rubber and cloth gloves, and a journal in David DePap's backpack. Zip ties were also found in the Pelosi residence. What I do know, him being at that house was intentional. With the 82-year-old still recovering from a fractured skull, the Speaker of the House says Paul is making steady progress on what will be a long recovery, as many have condemned the political rhetoric surrounding the attack, the DA warning of misinformation. I think the main hurdle right now, when we have so many people um, putting out misinformation, quite frankly, into the public. Online conspiracy theories have surfaced on the right about the attack, some pushed by prominent figures from Ted Cruz to Elon Musk to Donald Trump Jr., overnight Republican candidate for Arizona governor Carrie Lake, making light of the incident. Nancy Pelosi, well, she's got protection when she's in D.C. Apparently her house doesn't have a lot of protection. As DePap is set to be arraigned in court today, the complaint reveals new details in the timeline of the assault. Paul Pelosi telling police he awoke to find DePap in his room looking for the House Speaker. At 2.23 a.m., Pelosi was able to call 911 from a bathroom. Minutes later, officers arrived to find DePap and Paul Pelosi both gripping a hammer. In front of police, DePap swung the hammer at the 82-year-old Pelosi, striking him in the head. You think his intent was to kill? Uh, Certainly to kill Mr. Pelosi at the time he wielded that hammer. A brutal home invasion, authorities say was intended for the Speaker of the House. And if all that is not enough, Miguel, there are also notes in those documents that reveal that Nancy Pelosi may not have been the only intended target. Yeah, that's right, Hoda. Those federal documents say that uh, the suspect wanted to use Nancy Pelosi to lure another person to the suspect. Now, those documents don't clarify who that second person may have been, and prosecutors would not clarify that. If the suspect is convicted on just state charges alone, he could face the rest of his life in prison. Hoda? All right, Miguel Almaguer for us. Miguel, thank you. We moved to that breaking news out of Chicago overnight. More than a dozen people, including three children, were injured in a shooting on the city's west side. Police say a group of people had gathered for a vigil there when at least two individuals in a passing vehicle fired indiscriminately into the crowd. At least 13 people were hit by gunfire. The victims were all taken to area hospitals. Some did suffer life-threatening injuries. Police have not yet determined a motive. You know, it's it's heartbreaking uh, to people go out to, you know, memorialize someone and ultimately become victims. So that is a challenge. Police say they have not yet identified the suspects. Also uh, this morning, millions of people across Ukraine are facing power and water crises after the latest wave of Russian attacks. NBC's Molly Hunter is in Kyiv with details on this. Hey, Molly, good morning. Hoda, good morning to you. 24 hours ago, 80 percent of Kyiv was without water, hundreds of thousands without electricity. Now water has been restored in the capital, but outside of big cities, outside of city limits, it's a different story. This morning, the capital city recovering from major attacks on critical infrastructure, the Russian military essentially laying siege to cities across the country. Late last night, President Putin threatening this was not all Russia could have done. A senior U.S. military official telling NBC News Monday's strikes had widespread impact on Ukraine's power grid. A senior U.S. defense official adding they're directly harming the civilian population. 
also knew overnight a senior U.S. defense official and senior U.S. military official telling NBC News U.S. military personnel are now inspecting Ukrainian weapons inside Ukraine in an attempt to track the billions of dollars of U.S. weapons. NBC News exclusively reporting that President Biden has been frustrated with President Zelensky in the past, losing his temper at the Ukrainian leader's extensive request for help in a phone call back in June. Overnight, residents here in Kyiv filling up on water. This is the first time we've lost water during the war, this woman says. It's harder than losing electricity, but, she adds, we're fighting back. Just 30 minutes away in the town next to one of the major power plants the Russians hit on Monday, mother of two, 29-year-old Olha Parshakova, tells us she's out of gas, water and electricity. But when her kids asked if the missiles were thunder overhead, she didn't lie. I uh, tell true and uh, I say that uh, it's a rocket. Nastia Sanakova, also a mother of two, says they're also completely shut off. What's it like as a mother? to have to protect your kids right now. She says, compare it to the natural world, and I am like a lioness protecting my lion cubs. Her nine-year-old son Kirill says nothing can be warmed up and it's really dark. And without Wi-Fi, there's no school. When was the last time you went to school? I don't even remember, he says. Now, we're also heavily focused on the Black Sea Ukrainian ports today about that grain deal. Russia has not only suspended its support, it's also refusing to guarantee the safety of ships leaving from Ukrainian ports carrying life-saving grain. Now, President Zelensky says that Ukraine will continue shipments even without Russian cooperation. We understand that three cargo ships have already left port today. Hoda. All right. Thank you so much, Molly Hunter and Kiev for us. Savannah, over to you. All right, Hoda. And we turn now to the midterms. One week from Election Day, candidates are making their final pitches. Key races are tightening. And with early voting in nearly three quarters of states, more than 22 million ballots have already been cast. Here to break it all down, NBC national political correspondent Steve Kornacki. Hi, Steve. Good morning. morning. Before we get into the nitty gritty, what's the state of play? We're one week out. Yeah, there's a little bit of a suspense and uncertainty, I would say. A couple different folks look at what they call the generic ballot, which you want Republicans or Democrats to control Congress. Here's one average real clear politics. On that question, the Republicans lead by about three points. If you look at 538, another well-known average, it's closer. It's Republicans by about a point. So between about three and one point, it points to a Republican edge. We're not sure the degree of that edge, I would say, a week out. But keep in mind, the balance of power is so tight in both the Senate and the House. Look at the House. The Republicans just need to pick up five seats. They wouldn't need to win the generic ballot by that much to get a gain of five seats and win the House. So it looks the, 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 the trends are not looking good for Democrats to hold on to the House. As far as the Senate, it is about as tight as it can possibly be. Now, the Democrats need to hold on to their seats that they have. Bring us to the map now. Where are where are the Republicans most likely to have a pickup? Yeah, the Senate's a little more complicated because what you see in blue here are the five most vulnerable Democratic seats. So the Republicans have to pick up at least one of these blue seats. So we got a new set of polls yesterday from the New York Times, and I think they shed some light on that question. Take a look here. This right now on paper, Nevada may be the best opportunity for Republicans. This is their challenger. He's tied with the Democratic incumbent, Catherine Cortez Masto. We also got a poll from Georgia. Here, the Democratic incumbent, Raphael Warnock, is leading against Herschel Walker. Though, remember, Georgia's this runoff state. If you don't get 50 percent next week, they do it all over again in three weeks. But Warnock's ahead there. And then in Arizona, this was the best news for Democrats yesterday 
Mark Kelly, the incumbent, leading the Republican by six points there. So on paper right now, Nevada may be the best chance Republicans have to flip one of those blue seats. Now, if Republicans flip one of these blue to red, the, the Democrats then have to flip one of the reds to blue. And Pennsylvania is obviously a race that many people are watching for that very dynamic. Yeah, all year, Pennsylvania has loomed as the best opportunity on here for Democrats to flip a seat. Uh, Biden, of course, won the state in 2020, he claims it as his native state. Here's the poll yesterday from The New York Times. John Fetterman, the Democrat, leading Memedaz, the Republican. Now, one important note on this, though. They had that debate last week, caused a lot of attention. This poll, if you read the fine print, basically two-thirds of it was taken prior to the debate. So if there's been fallout from that debate, it's not fully reflected here. But this is one Democrats, I think, badly, badly need. And then finally, we're seeing some of the big guns go out and campaign. The, the president, Biden, out there former President Obama, former President Trump. What effect might those have in some of these tight races? This Pennsylvania may be the ultimate test because all of them are going to be there on the same day this Saturday. Just check this out, though, from our NBC poll. What do people think of Biden? Uh, Negative, 46 percent negative, 43 positive. They don't like him that much. But they like Trump worse, according to our poll, 34-55. And the reason why you see Biden going to Pennsylvania, not by himself, but with Barack Obama, here's the most recent number on Obama, a 52-40 favorable number. Helps to be the ex-president, not the president anymore. All right, Steve Kornacki, thank you very much. Hold it back to you. All right, Savannah, thank you. Now let's move on to that major break in a mysterious murder case in a small town in Indiana. Two teenage girls vanished while on a hike in 2017, and five years later, Authorities have finally made an arrest in the case. NBC's Kathy Park joins us with more on this. Hey, Kathy, good morning. Hoda, good morning to you. The suspect, Richard Allen, is waking up inside the White County Jail behind me. He's being held without bond and faces two murder charges. Authorities say he is from Delphi, Indiana. And in a chilling twist, one of the victim's family members say she even recalls interacting with the suspect. This morning, the hunt for a killer in Delphi, Indiana, may be over, nearly six years after the murders of two teenage girls. Last Friday was the day, and an arrest has been made. Authorities charging Richard Allen with two counts of murder in connection to the 2017 deaths of 13-year-old Abby Williams and 14-year-old Libby German. Their bodies were found a day after they went for a hike. Allen pleaded not guilty to both charges. Authorities releasing few details about Friday's arrest, sealing charging documents containing evidence about the 50-year-old suspect. This investigation is far from complete, and we will not jeopardize its integrity by releasing or discussing documents or information. Allen lived in the community and worked at a local CVS, where Libby's grandmother confirmed reports that he processed photos for the family, free of charge. The drugstore chain telling NBC News, we stand ready to cooperate with the police investigation in any way we can. Why did it take this long to arrest him? Yeah, it's a really good question and one that we'll be able to tell one day. Doing it any other way at any other time would be inappropriate. Throughout their years-long probe, investigators shared few details about the case, but did release two sketches of a suspect and this video from Libby's phone appearing to show a man on their hike and an audio recording of a male voice saying, After Monday's announcement, Libby's sister Kelsey tweeting, We got him. Her grandparents saying, It's not over yet. Now we got a big mountain ahead of us, and and we're going to stay after it. 
As a small town mourns the two teens whose lives ended so tragically, officials hope this arrest can finally help the healing process begin. We've been waiting for this day for a long time, but there's still more to do. Now, Delphi is a small community here in Indiana with a population of roughly 3,000, and many residents recalled their own interactions with the suspect, oftentimes at the CVS where he worked, and he was also a regular at the local bar and grill. Many say he just blended right in. Hoda? All right, Kathy Park Forrest there. Thank you, Kathy. All right, 16 minutes after the hour, maybe you're looking longingly at the Powerball ticket and, <laughs> and your desk and you're thinking, did anyone win that billion-dollar Powerball? Maybe it was me. No, mm. nobody won. No. But guess what? That means the big prize is on the rise again. It is up to $1.2 billion. Okay, it would be the second largest Powerball jackpot of all time if anybody wins it. Nobody's hit all six numbers since August 3rd, so that prize money's just been piling up for nearly three months. The next drawing tomorrow night. I can't believe that. $1.2 billion, you said? I know. Okay. All right. Let's check our weather. We got Mr. Roker on the road down in Orlando with a couple of friends. Hey, Al. That's right. I'm so glad nobody won the Powerball because it still gives us a chance to go a billion dollars. There you go. Hey, we're here at Universal Orlando. Our start today, walking club, over 200 folks. They're going to be walking with us a little bit later. But it's a little warm here in Orlando. But guess what? It's warm throughout much of the country. Take a look. We've got a warm start to November, with the exception of the West Coast and down through southern Texas. Warmer than average temperature. 43 states above average highs today. 200. 238 million of us above average highs today. And we are looking at possible records either forecasting or coming within three degrees of records from Williston to Green Bay down to Dodge City. And what month is it? It is the beginning of November. But look at Minneapolis, 71 degrees. Wichita, 78. Buffalo, 62. Cincinnati, 68. Some of these high temperatures today are going to feel like the mid to late parts of September for Bismarck, Kansas City, and Denver. For tomorrow, that warmth moves to the east. We're talking about temperatures that are going to be into the 60s and 70s from Milwaukee, Burlington, Washington, Kansas City. What month is it? Minneapolis, tomorrow you're going to have a high that's typically mid-September. Chicago, early October. St. Louis, early October as well. And that is your latest weather. Guys? All right, Al. Mm -hmm. Can't wait to get walking with you in a few. Thank you. Just ahead, we heard from Tom Brady overnight. First time speaking out about his divorce and and some interesting comments he made. He did, Savannah. He talked about his challenges on the field and off the field, how he's going to tackle life as a single dad, and what's going on with the Bucks. I'll have that story coming up. All right, and uh, also ahead, guys, inside the growing push for companies to be more transparent when it comes to salaries. The new law that is taking effect today and what it means for you. But first, this is Today on NBC. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching 
learning engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Halloween's Mm. over. Let's go forward (laughs) to the holidays. And here we go. That is the very first look at the Rockefeller Center tree in its natural environment. Wait. Yes. It's in Queensbury, New York, but it's coming this way. Oh, my gosh. So by next week... It will make its way down here. Its new home will be right on our plaza. It's pretty. Oh, my God. What a great day. Tom, you picked a great day to fill in. I, I, mean, I mean, nothing <laughs> gets me going like a Norway spruce. I know. I mean, just, you know? It gets you going. It really does. It's going to be great. Uh, we're going to get to our 730 headlines first, though, guys. Supreme Court justices indicated yesterday they are poised to end the consideration of race in the college admissions process. This comes as the court weighs uh, cases challenging affirmative action at the University of North Carolina and at Harvard. Conservative justices questioned the legal rationale for allowing the practice, while liberal justices defended the use of race in admissions, citing the importance of diversity on campus. A ruling is due by the end of June. Some scary moments to tell you about happened at LAX yesterday. A worker was hospitalized. Three others became sick after a carbon dioxide leak in one of the terminals. Passengers were cleared from the area. Officials say the leak took place inside a utility room and may have been caused by a fire suppression system. All right, guys. Also this morning, uh, for the first time since his divorce was finalized, Tom Brady is opening up about his split from Giselle Bündchen and his plans for the future. NBC's Ann Thompson is here with more on what he's saying about it all. Ann, good morning. Good morning. The seven-time Super Bowl champ talking to Jim Gray last night on their Sirius XM podcast, Let's Go. The 45-year-old quarterback saying his main priorities now are his kids and winning football games. After his failing marriage to Giselle Bündchen made headlines for months, overnight Tom Brady said he wanted to keep a low profile on Halloween. Hopefully I'm somewhat anonymous tonight so the kids can really enjoy themselves. It's Brady's first Halloween as a single dad. The high-profile pair moved quickly last week to end their marriage. Court records show their divorce was filed and finalized on the same day, with their relationship described as irretrievably broken. Brady saying last night about the split. The good news is things that it's a very amicable situation, and I'm really focused on two things, and taking care of my family, and certainly my children, and secondly, doing the best job I can to win football games. His performance on the field has suffered in this his 23rd year in the NFL. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a losing 3-5 and record so far this season. No losing is no fun for any of us. When asked if his personal issues have presented challenges for him as a player, Brady says he's confident he can balance home life and his job. That's what professionals do. You focus at work. When it's time to work, and then when you come home, you focus on the priorities that are at home. And all you can do is the best you could do. And the first test of that will come on Sunday when Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers host last year's Super Bowl champs, the L.A. Rams. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Ann. Thank you, Ann. Still ahead, inside the wild day at Shanghai Disneyland, suddenly locked down over COVID while guests were still inside the park. 
We're actually going to hear from some of them. That is so crazy. But first, Tom Costello is looking at something new to help clear up confusion when it comes to how much a prospective job actually pays. Have you ever wondered how much the guy next to you or the woman next to you is making? Well, now you're going to get a better sense of it under new laws taking effect. Pay transparency may be coming to your office, to your state. We're going to have that when we come back. We're back 739. Today's Consumer Confidential. This is going to get folks talking Mm -hmm. for sure. A little news on the economy and your bottom line, Mm -hmm. which apparently everybody's going to know soon. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. This morning's focus is on salaries. Beginning today, New York City joins a handful of states and other cities where job seekers will be able to see how much certain jobs pay before they apply. Yeah. NBC's Tom Costello has more on that and its impact. Hey, Tom, morning. This is going to be a talker. You may have people who get a little bit upset. Now, these laws are taking effect in some of the country's biggest jobs markets. Some experts believe they are key now to closing pay disparity gaps. And while salary transparency is not widespread yet, once it starts, it could have a very big ripple effect. It's about to get a whole lot easier for job seekers who have long wondered if they're being paid fairly. This is an important bill. Private sector companies with four or more employees and at least one working in New York City must now include a good faith salary range on all job advertisements. Understanding the pay range for a job is incredibly valuable for negotiation. It enables employees, whether they're asking for a raise or applying for a new job, to have a better sense of what they might hope for and what they should push for. A growing number of states, including the most populated, California, are rolling out similar laws or already have them on the books. It comes as new data from Monster shows 98% of workers are in favor of salary disclosures. For previous generations, talking about how much you make has generally been seen as taboo. Many younger millennials and Gen Zers have been encouraging just that. I'm a teacher. How much do you make? I make $53,000. I'm in cybersecurity. How much do you make? Around 85K a year. Hannah Williams is the creator of the Salary Transparent Street TikTok, a job she now does full time. Today, we're going to ask people what they do and how much they make. Since launching six months ago, she's already racked up more than 870,000 followers and 18 million views. I think that people are tired with the gatekeeping and the secrecy because it's becoming very clear now that that's really only benefiting corporate America. Many hope the transparency will also narrow the gender pay gap. Especially for women of color, we are so often at the bottom end of earnings, not through any fault of our own, but just based on racial and gender wage discrimination. And it's going to level the playing field in a new and important way. And while money and career coach Mandy Woodruff Santos says this is a huge win for workers. Don't get it twisted. There is still room to negotiate. That includes benefits like sign-on bonuses, 401k matching, vacation, and paid time off. And whether you have a job or are currently looking, she says always keep your options open and use this new knowledge to your advantage. When you see what other companies are paying for your skills, it gives you so much more leverage to negotiate with your current employer. And it gives you knowledge because then you can walk into any negotiation feeling confident that you know exactly what you're worth. And Tom, this is kind of an interesting question. A lot of us in local news know this. You sit next to an anchor and the anchor guy is making more than you are. Is there any way that you can find out like how that how much that person's make and what kind of a salary the person next to you is making? 
So the idea is that this would now hopefully be available. The ra- You'll get the range, but the exact amount that he or she is making in any job, you may not know. But the experts say, listen, if you find out that you're not in that range, don't get angry. Instead, consider this a chance to start a conversation with your manager, with your HR department. Ask them, is it possible to get your pay closer to that pay range? Or what else should you do to get your salary in line? But guys, you know, there's also the intangibles. It's possible somebody makes more because they have a unique skill set or they have more education and you got to keep that in mind when you're trying to figure out where you fall in line here yeah you said it it's a talker it is a talker you know starting that conversation with their bosses or with their co-workers or whatever and it's interesting how it's like generation z it's generational but you know like our generation we we said we would never never talk talk about about salary so secret and now they all share everybody's sharing it i kind of wish they had this a long 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 time ago (laughs) let us check in with al down at universal orlando resort hi al Hey guys, good morning. Get ready to kick off our start today uh, walking club, uh, but we're going to do that in just a little bit. In the meantime, let's head out west where they've got all kinds of weather going on all at once. They've got uh, winter weather alerts, wind alerts, and fire alerts stretching from the west on into the plains. Here's what's happening. We've got this frontal system that's going to push in bringing rain and snow, especially gusty winds along the coast through tomorrow to, through tonight. Then tomorrow as that pushes east, it's going to to bring snow to the Great Basin, the Rockies, showers lingering from Washington down to California. We're talking a light amounts of uh, rain, anywhere from one to two inches of rain in some spots, but significant snow in the upper elevation. Some places in the uh, Sierra Range and on into the Rockies could see upwards of 12 inches of snow before it's all over. That's your latest weather, guys. We're getting ready to head on into Universal and lead a 2K with all these fabulous people. Hi everyone, I'm Jenna Bush Hager from Today with Hoda and Jenna and the Read with Jenna book club. There's nothing I love more than sharing my favorite reads with all of you, except maybe talking to the exceptional authors behind these stories. And that's what I'll be doing on my podcast, Read with Jenna. I'll be introducing you to some of my favorite writers. These conversations will leave you feeling inspired and entertained. To start listening, just search Read with Jenna wherever you get your podcasts. Listen up, true crime fans. It's a big murder trial underway. This Dateline is launching a new podcast with Andrea Canning. Welcome to Dateline True Crime Weekly. We'll cover breaking crime news around I mean, the country. It is the twists, the turns, the With craziness. our best reporters on the case, NBC News analysts, and Dateline producers on the ground. Break it down for us. Just You'll as get as fresh easy. insights and behind-the-scenes scoops from crime scenes to courtrooms. That is bizarre. Stay in the, the know and up-to-date. So tell us what he said. Follow Dateline True Crime Weekly to get new episodes starting Thursday. Wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we are back now with today's Can't Miss. And Carson, this one's a wow moment caught on camera and going viral. Absolutely. Check this out. Let's roll the video again if you missed it before the break. That's marine biologist Ocean Ramsey nearly diving straight into the open mouth of a shark. NBC's Jacob Soberoff is out in Los Angeles with more on this. Jacob, good morning. 
What's up, Carson? Good morning, you guys. Most of us, I think it's fair to say, name our pets. Ocean Ramsey has been swimming with sharks for so long. She names the shark she encounters in her native swimming hole in Hawaii. This was an incredible moment with her favorite tiger shark, Queen Nikki. <laughs> it's a shark moment gone viral. <laughs> As she does almost every day, famous shark scientist Ocean Ramsey was preparing to jump in the water when this happened. I rushed in the water too fast, and she totally, she reacted to that. Queen Nikki, a 16-foot tiger shark, reaching the surface with her mouth open, bumping Ocean's fins. And I saw her, and she was close enough with enough speed that it looked like she was actually going at um, maybe my fin tips, and there are a bunch of like little schooling fish under. So I could see her speed. I knew that I needed to back off in that moment. If all you know about sharks is what you've seen in the movies, it's a jarring, scary piece of video. But to Ocean, it's just Queen Nikki. I love that tiger shark. I grew up with that tiger shark. I think we were teenagers at the same time together. <laughs> I've known her for over 20 years. Still, Ocean says these animals are not docile and deserve respect. They are wild animals, they're apex predators, but they're not monsters. And that's what I want to make sure it doesn't come across. Ocean Ramsey has made a name for herself posting incredible videos swimming with sharks. And she takes regular people into the ocean with her every day to educate them about shark behavior. Like she did with our own Miguel Almaguer last year. Incredible, just amazing how many sharks in just a short little area how quickly and curious they are. As for Queen Nikki, Ocean credits their interaction with teaching her the most about shark behavior, posting multiple videos of them interacting over the years. It's just like, that's Nikki, that's, you know, Queen Nikki, and she's such a fun and interactive shark. We were actually really excited for that moment, and I was just so excited to see her. No big deal, I guess, if you listen to Ocean. She, by the way, has some safety tips if you're ever in the waters where sharks might be. Always look around. Awareness is key. If you see a shark heading towards you, look right at them. Do not frantically swim away. Splashing simulates prey and food. And remember, they do not want to eat you. And if they get close enough to touch, stick at your fins, some other inanimate object. It's like saying... Get out of here, shark. <laughs> Guys, I thought you were okay. supposed to bonk on the nose. Yeah. Right. Try not to look bonk like a delicious seal. Yeah, yeah. Right. that's exactly it. Yeah. Wow. wow. That was something. Yeah. Thank you, Jacob. Thanks, Thanks Jacob. Jacob. Right. Guys, coming up on Popstar, the boss and the king of all media, we're going to tell you what Bruce Springsteen told Howard Stern about retirement. And it is a new month, and Al's kicking off our new start today walking challenge. He's down in Orlando. Got a lot of folks joining in our mission to get fit, to get your steps in. Al's in charge.